Sometimes your career bleeds into your father. And today we talk with a man that is a pastor whose faith and career will always bleed into his fatherhood. Now let's get into it. Welcome, Daddios, to the Indie Dads Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Reese, a dad who's trying just like you. And this show is dedicated to the joys and challenges of fatherhood in Indiana and beyond. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Indie Dads Podcast. Because when it comes to being a dad, we're all in this together. Today, we got a great chance to to talk with Alex Durnell. He is a worship minister that came up to Indiana not too long ago from down in Tennessee. You'll notice a little bit of a twang in there, but he's got great Southern charm. And it's great to hear from someone that's career really integrates with his fatherhood. And we dive into that. And I'm so excited to have him. A great indie dad. Alex, thank you so much for being with us today. And just to start out with, you want to kind of tell us your background of how you became a dad? Absolutely, man. So our journey was uh, a little treacherous, I would say. Maybe that's a tough word to say, but it was a difficult journey. We tried for three years to have children. My wife wasn't able to, and it was... uh, Man, it was a difficult process. We went through all the drug options and the all the different things that you try. And ultimately, we were looking towards IVF. Like, we started to have that conversation. And then, uh, by the grace of God, one day, she got a positive pregnancy test. And it was, uh, it's been smooth sailing from there. I say that term lightly. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. Like, it's such a challenge when uh, you can't get to that point we had issues when we first started see we had a couple miscarriages and we're like are we like just not destined to have kids and you start to question if this is your actual path and you, so, you certainly do you start to wonder i'm i'm a christian i'm not shy about that so from my perspective you start to wonder like man what is god's plan in all this what in the world is going on and it's very easy to start doubting and start questioning yeah for sure you just recently had your your second child how has the second child been different for you oh man so the second child uh is a boy the first one was a girl so boy is definitely different we literally five minutes ago took a picture of them together and he's five months old my daughter is three and they're almost the same size already it's really 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 interesting he is a beast he's probably going to be a football player who knows but it's been different uh My daughter, one of the things that she did that was really interesting is she would always fight sleep. It was almost like she was scared that she was going to miss something. Mm -hmm. She fought sleep all the time. But my son, the moment we turn the lights out, he's out of here. He loves his sleep and he sleeps like a rock. So we're definitely blessed there for sure. Our nights, people get jealous and want to punch me in the face all the time when I tell them we are able to sleep from like 10 to 5 a.m where he just sleeps through the night. It's just perfect. I have no, nothing to complain about. That is amazing. Sleep, sleep is just so precious as a, 
as a parent. Like, <laughs> I couldn't imagine how often I woke up. But my oh. secret for sleep has always been the yoga ball. Have you ever tried that? No, tell me about it. So it it's great because, uh, especially with babies, because it's kind of like a rocking motion, like the rocking chair to put them to sleep, kind of bouncing a little bit on the yoga ball. And mm -hmm. then what it also does is if you just gave them a bottle, it burps them. Like you don't have to put them on your shoulder or anything like that because that bouncing moment, it burps them. And so like they can fall asleep, burp, and everything they need to do. And another plus, it keeps you awake <laughs> as you're doing it, if you're doing a, a late night feed or something like that. So that's always been my go-to. It's like whenever anyone, a new dad is having a kid, it's like, get a yoga ball. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will not lie and say, or excuse me, I will lie and say <laughs> I have never shut my eyes while rocking my child to sleep. That's, it, tough. it is so tough, especially when, when they're sleeping, you're putting them back down and they wake up. It's like, oh, that's the biggest oh, that's challenge. The worst. It's so deflating. But I'm trying to cherish these times too, because we already saw with our first one, blink of an eye. I mean, everyone says that, but literally it's, it's over. She's full sentences, doing gymnastics, the whole nine yards. Her uh, infancy is over mm -hmm. and he's already five months old. And I feel like we were just at the hospital. It, it goes so fast. And it's, you, yeah, you, know. you gotta, you gotta take some time to, to enjoy it and, and know that, that to everything in life, there is a season. And this is one of those seasons. Yeah, yeah. You always remember what's been the biggest surprise for you in you know, becoming a father? I would say losing my own time, my own personal time. And that's been good and bad. It's been good because my priorities have shifted to my family, which is what I needed to do as a man. But uh, a, maybe a bad side of that is stress is much higher. I don't have as much self-care time as I normally would. So, but I'm thankful always for the time I get with my family. So the surprise would be, I didn't think it would have that as big of an effect on me. Mm -hmm. I even were talking to uh, my doctor who we were really close. We were really candid with each other. And he was like, listen, you don't need to have kids yet. It's going gonna, it's gonna to rock your world. It's going to stress you out to high heaven. And I didn't listen to him, which was fine. I'm so glad we have our kids but stress has definitely gone up for sure. Yeah. It, it's amazing how me time just is just gone. Sometimes you miss it, but like really when, when you're focusing on your kids and you finally get them down, you're so exhausted. You don't even think about it. And like I, I, I two best men in my wedding and I've seen them just a handful of times since we got married seven years ago. Like I just don't have the time to see them anymore. And because it's taking time away from my kids, which is hard to do. It is. It's uh, it's becoming more and more a reality of how short life is and how how little time we really have. Yeah. Because and, it, it's so easy. Our time just gets eaten up with everything, with yeah, regarding family and whatnot. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough burden. That time management is always a challenge. What do you? How much you work versus your home with your kids? It's just there's no there's no right answer. <laughs> every every family's different, every person, and it's just being the right balance for you. So is it? Um, did you say your career has maybe your parenting? Well, I'm very blessed to be able to serve as a pastor. So uh, I serve as a worship pastor at my church. So I sort of part of my job in a sense is ministering to my own family. So like 
my obviously Christ comes first for me and then uh then my family and then and then the church and part of my job is ministering to my family as I mentioned uh if my the Bible talks about if my house is not good to go, then my ministry is not going to be good to go. If my if my house is dysfunctional, then that's going to flow right into my ministry, right into my work. So I say all that to say it's important for me to take care of my family well, because if not, then my 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 productivity at work, my results, uh, my I can't think of the word I'm trying to say, but one of those fancy work words, uh, all of that is going to suffer if my family is suffering at home. So my family is the utmost important. It's vitally important that I'm taking care of them before I take care of anything regarding my work. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. And that you gotta be able to, I think we all have to be able to have our families in place to be able to work better. It's great that you have the option to have your family kind of involved in work too. Like, how does that feel like you're, because I'm assuming they're there when you're leading worship or something on Sundays. Yeah, it's a dream. I get to, as I'm as I'm leading our people uh, in song every week, I get to look to my right and my wife is right there singing along. One of my most special moments was uh, I got to go into our children's ministry about six months ago and teach them a song that we were going to sing at Easter. The children were going to lead us in that song. And my daughter was one of those children. So it was really cool that like I wasn't just her dad in that moment. I actually took on another role. I was her pastor in that moment. Uh, so that was, that was really cool. Yeah. That's a good connection. I was like kind of thinking like not a lot of us, our kids get to see what we actually do for work because you go to the office and that's all it is. They don't, they just know you go to an office, but they actually yeah, get to awesome. see, they get to see what you do and kind of like have a, a memory growing up of, you working and being a father, that's a great connection to have. Today, literally today, she uh, called me Pastor Daddy. That was interesting. I'll have to teach her through that because I, I want to be daddy first, of course. <laughs> daddy Pastor instead. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Daddy Pastor. <laughs> it's, it's amazing the names they give us. You're in a unique situation where your kind of job is faith-based. How has that kind of directed your parenting because you... Your career is faith-based. You obviously have a faith background if you're going to be making a career out of it. Does that kind of change how you look at being a father? Obviously, you're going to follow more biblical backgrounds, but has that changed anything, you think? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's everything that I do. Every mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier that I view everything that I do through the lens of Scripture, and especially my parenting. I look at what God has to say about parenting and obviously try to model that. But I love the correlation between us having a heavenly father and also having earthly fathers and being able to model that to my kids is really special to me. And I hope only in, in my love for them to show them the love of Christ and point them to the love of Christ. That's my goal is just to love them like Jesus does and train them up in the way they should go so that when they're old, they will not depart from it. That's what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this journey. And my goal is just to, just to love them like Jesus does. I'll try to keep it simple. Are you guys, are you guys planning on having more kids or just if it happens, it happens? Yeah. So right now we are, uh, we're stopping for now. Uh, my wife has, she, 
not only was it difficult to get pregnant, but she also had some difficulties in pregnancy. And so we're just, we're taking a pause right now. I think we're going to relook at everything in about five years ish, not ruling out a third, but it's, it's tough. It would uh, take so much grace from God for me to be able to handle a third. Yeah. And I get that. We're kind of in the same boat. It's one of those challenges to know what, where do you stop? Like, is it a good stopping point or like, do you wait years? It's, it's a tough choice to, to make. And yeah, sometimes yeah. you don't get a choice, but yeah. And thankfully I view my entire life through the lens of, of scripture, through the lens of the Bible mm-hmm. and all the Bible says is be fruitful and multiply. It doesn't tell you when to stop. I think that's up to <laughs> it, which is a great thing. Yeah. We had, uh, John Knight, we got head on a few months ago. He had one kid that was 20 and then he got, he got remarried and had a younger wife. And so they got pregnant again. So his son was 20 and his new son was a year old. <laughs> yeah. So he had two different generations of kids and like, that's, that'd be a challenge. Yeah. For I sure. thought mine was extreme. My, my sister's <laughs> 10 years younger than me. Oh yeah. So I thought my sister just graduated high school. So that's, that's, uh, I thought mine was extreme. Yeah. And that, that's, uh, that's definitely a challenge. That is a big difference. And it changes uh, kind of how you grow up, too. If you have that big change, I'm sure you kind of feel more like a, an uncle or father a little bit to her, maybe than a brother. No question. When I was when I turned 16, she and I went in a gas station. I think she she was six. Obviously, I was 16. And uh, she walked. I let her walk to pick out a candy bar or something. And somebody came up to me and said, hey, your daughter's over there. It was humbling for sure. <laughs> yeah. They, they just knew you were destined to be a father. That's what it was. So what, are you originally from Indiana or did you come from somewhere else? I'm not. I'm from, I'm from West Tennessee, a little town. If you look at the shape of Tennessee, I'm at the top left corner of Tennessee is where me and my wife grew up. A little town called Union City, Tennessee. And then we, I went off to, to school in Louisville, Kentucky. And then later we ended up in Nashville, Tennessee. And now we're here in Indianapolis. We're loving it. Yeah. How long, how long have you guys been here? Great city. We've been here since December of 22. Growing up in Tennessee, was there kind of any kind of more of a Southern upbringing that you're kind of trying to install on in your kids? Or are you just kind of going with the flow of up here in the Northern states? <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely a, a bit of a culture shock here. Uh mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing crazy out of the ordinary. I find it interesting, and I'm sure the listeners have already heard maybe some of my accent. Mm-hmm. I did personally. I was I never thought I had a big accent, but then you come somewhere like Indianapolis, and you're getting called out every five seconds. So that's been funny. To answer your question, the southern I would say southern values that were instilled into me obviously were my faith. And then also St. Louis Cardinals baseball. That was a big deal uh, in the South. I feel like all of West Tennessee, Arkansas, mm-hmm. that area, they love the St. Louis Cardinals. So that was up there as like top tier issue in childhood was training you to love the St. Louis Cardinals. And now is not the time to love them. They're not doing <laughs> But yeah, it's just being, a, I, I grew up in a small town. So mm-hmm. everyone knew everyone. Everybody was friends with each other. Everybody and everybody knew each other's business to uh, mm-hmm. that, was, that was the negative uh, at times that everybody knew each other's business, but most, for the most part, everybody loved each other. And it was really uh, nice to take it, get a grasp on what community was from a young age. 
Has that changed? I know you're up in Noblesville. Has that changed kind of being in a bigger city, kind of be more kind of inward instead of being out because not everyone's going to love you there. Yeah, that's right. And also it's 2023. Yeah. Fortunately, our, our love and our, and our spirits has kind of dwindled a little bit from what it once was. Mm-hmm. Bill is, uh, is great. We're, we're really enjoying it. We've gotten plugged in at the library. So mm-hmm. we've met, some people. my wife has met a friend at the library. There's also a really, really cool Facebook group. If you're not in it, it's called buy nothing, like purchase buy nothing. And mm-hmm. it's just these people that get on the, what I'm talking about. I think I may have heard of it before. They, people just give away stuff for free and you can give away stuff for free. So it's kind of just trading free stuff. So we've, we've met some people through that. Actually, someone in the group, my car broke down and someone in the group that I didn't know, but they lived in Noblesville came and jumped off my car. So, <laughs> oh, wow. so it's, yeah, Noblesville is great. It's just a bigger scale, but yeah. we, and our, our neighbors here are great. So we've, we've, uh, we've enjoyed our time here. Yeah. It's, it's a good town. I got, I got family up there, former colleagues that work up at the school. So it's a, it's a great, great area to be in for sure. I think most, like I, I love Indy. I, I grew up here. I grew up on the East side. Now I'm on the West side. So it's kind of all over. There's good things. And it's, it, it does kind of have a small town feel, even though it is a little bigger, but there is a lot of goodness out there still. Absolutely. And we, we see it every day. Uh, and you said small town feel. I would agree with that. Even even downtown Indianapolis mm-hmm. really has a bit of a small town feel. Coming from Nashville, Indianapolis yep. is like is like four thousand people compared yeah, to Nashville. You, you never feel too crowded downtown. No, right. it's been great. Yeah, we the only time it felt crowded was when we had the Super Bowl here. That was the only time downtown felt crowded. But you could still get around and still you know, go to all the events they had down there pretty easily. Yeah. How about like March Madness and whatnot? Is it pretty pretty crazy? You'd be surprised. It's actually not as busy as you would think because you get a lot of out-of-town people coming to those things. And uh, the way the city's connected around March, it's still kind of cold. So you can get around a lot of places like through tunnels and stuff, walkways above the everything. And so it's still not as busy as you would think. It's been, it's been, a, while, it's been a while since we had the Final Four. But yeah, I think last time we had Butler in the final four. So it was, then it was a little more hectic, but it was still, it was still a good time. And I love that feel downtown because you can feel like you can actually walk down there and go places because we normally just park one place and then go to multiple places and walking around and good to have that experience. For sure. It's a great town. We're, uh, we're excited hopefully for many years here. That's awesome. Yeah. And is there anything you're kind of looking forward to as a father in the future, like when they get to play sports or when they get to that? Yeah, other so levels? I want to take on the philosophy. Like, I would love my my son to be the star athlete and to and for my daughter to be like the, I don't know, the star gymnast or cheerleader or whatever. But like, that's my wishes. I want them to do what they do in life. I don't want to I don't want to say, yeah, you're playing football because I said so. I don't want them to be miserable. I want them to want to play football. But if I had it my way, my son would be a star football player and my daughter would be a star cheerleader. <laughs> I just want them to excel at whatever they do so that I can support them. Uh, first of the year, I had no clue about gymnastics. I had watched the Olympics maybe once in my life. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've learned so much and I've become a gymnastics dad. You, <laughs> you become whatever your children are doing. 
So <clears throat> I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Lord willing, if I live that long, I, I look forward to walking my daughter down the aisle. I look forward to daddy-daughter dances. I look forward to playing catch in the backyard with my son. I look forward to playing video games with him. That's one of my biggest hobbies. Mm. My daughter, my three-year-old daughter already likes Animal Crossing. I don't know if what that game is. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of that. So she she loves Animal Crossing. So it's uh, a lot to look forward to. Much more good than bad, for sure. Yeah. I always think back to Billy Gardell. He was a Mike from Mike and Molly, that show. He he's a stand-up, and he has a bit where he talks about, what if your son does ballet? He's like, I'll still be out there cheering for him. You call that a pirouette? And he's just yelling like he's <laughs> at a football game. <laughs> and that's kind of what, what I No, that's what I think, like, how I would be. You don't know where your kids are going to end up or what they, they're going to enjoy. And so there's no question in a few years, I will not be doing what I think I will be doing as, as far as with the kids. I'm sure it'll be different than my expectations. Yeah. I, I like that. There's a lot of different options now than there used to be. Like when we were growing up, there's a lot less options for us to all you had was little league and, that was that was about it for the summer <laughs> for yeah. me at least but little league was it everybody did little league mhm we had the whole school doing little league exactly you were always playing against your friends or playing with them did you grow up with your father i did yeah i was okay and uh did like is there anything like growing up around him that kind of kind of influenced your fatherhood my dad is a peacemaker uh, when things are chaotic my dad is is uh very level-headed i i rarely saw him angry or raise his voice he's very even keel uh, i suspect his blood pressure is low uh he's he's just an even keel guy and i've seen how in my own childhood when things would get chaotic he was sort of that constant that calm it's something that i want to model for them because i remember how much how much peace and 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 serenity it gave me. One time, my my dad uh, accidentally slammed my finger in a door. He was, it was his car door, and I mean, I shouldn't have had my finger there, but I was like six years old, mm. and he didn't know my hand was there, and he sh- he shut the door on my finger. And what I would do as a dad is, oh my gosh, and just go absolutely <laughs> crazy, call nine one one. What have I done? I'm mm. going to confess to the police. I'm so sorry. Like, but he just was it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And he just, he just held me. He just picked me up and held me and just rubbed mm-hmm. my back. Like he was, he, he, I'm sure because I know my dad, I'm sure he felt absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. Didn't show that he remained calm and his focus in that moment was comforting his son. Yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah. I would have been, I, I wish I would have been like that, but I probably would have been just like you freaking out <laughs> running around. So kind of a still still young dad like me is there any advice you could you'd want to give other dads out there the the main thing that comes to my mind of what I would say to any dad and obviously I don't have it all together I'm learning every day but one thing I have learned is uh I believe a kid's a kid's love language is 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 t-i-m-e time we can come home from work and be so tired and be so exhausted and we can we can kiss our 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 child on the head and say, "I'm sorry, sweetheart, I got to go to bed or I, I need to rest." And that's fine. I'm not I'm not taking away from that. Sometimes we do have to do that. 
but all our all our kids want us to do is play with them. Their their love language is T I M E and P L A Y. Just get down on the floor and play, and that's the for me, I don't know if every kid is like this, but that's the best way I can show my kids that I love them is to sit down with them and play kitchen with them, have a tea party or whatever it is. T-I-M-E. So that would be my advice. Just those four letters there. Yeah. And that, that time is precious. You're, no, you're never going to get it back. It's better to, as tired as you are, they're going to bed soon <laughs> and then you can go to bed with them. My wife mentioned just yesterday, uh, or a couple of days ago, she was like, she just kind of started crying. She was like, I just got really upset because I looked at the floor and it was, it was just covered in toys. And I was like, it's, it's okay. Like, you don't have to cry. We're going to get them picked up. And she was like, no, no, no. It's because there's going to come a day when our floor is not covered with toys. And so that was like just a, a slap in the face of reality. Like, yes, you don't like picking up a living room with toys everywhere. There's going to come a day when you come home from work and go sit on the couch and nobody's going to say hi to you except for your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to think about those moments. Just hope yeah. you can you can have the toys as long as possible, for sure. So I like to end these on like a fun question. What would you say is your favorite movie or TV dad? Ah, movie or TV dad. That's a great question. Well, I'll tell you who not my favorite is. Well, I mean, I loved him as a character. I thought he did great. But Red Foreman from that 70s, <laughs> yeah. I would not want to be his son. Uh, no. He was tough on those kids. Oh, my goodness. Favorite dad. Can you give me some examples of great TV show or movie dads? I mean, you got, uh, you got the last, the last time I interv- dad I interviewed said the dad from Leave it to Beaver. You got the dad from Family Matters, Fresh Prince, Boy Meets World. Got newer ones like Modern Family and This Is you're, Us. Yeah, you're helping my you're helping my brain. It's a show I used to watch a lot with my mom as a kid. Uh, it's called The Brady Bunch. I know we know <laughs> the dad from that show always seemed to be even keel with his kids. Maybe I missed mm-hmm. a few episodes and went crazy, but he always seemed to be real chill with his kids and 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 just real nice and loving to them and while still leading his family. So I, I would say him. Yeah. And that, and that show's premise. I mean, the house would have been even way more chaotic than it actually was on the show. You get what? Six teenagers <laughs> moving in together. Cannot, cannot imagine it. in, in the church world. That's like youth group 24 <laughs> seven. Exactly. Yeah. That would be I don't know how anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, Mike Brady's definitely a good one for sure. Well, Alex, I want to thank you so much for joining me. This has been fantastic. Any parting words before we let you go? Man, well, first of all, it's been an honor. It's it's, uh, it's it's so cool to to talk to an indie dad. And I hope what can come from this is just that more dads in Indianapolis will be connected just for us to establish community. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I would I would just say like, and this this sounds so cliche, but it's so true. Like whatever you're going through in life right now, you need to know that Jesus loves you. And you, you can always look to him and I would encourage you to do that. You can call me anytime. And I'd love to just offer you some encouragement, uh, in that way, because he changed, he absolutely changed my life. And I just want the same for everybody else. I kind of look at it this way. I, uh, I, I'm a sinner. I, I was a sinner in God's eyes and, uh, and Jesus came and he healed me forever. That's awesome. Thank you so much.
I want to thank Alex for joining us today. I think we got a great insight into someone that may have a different background than what we're used to. Whether you have faith or not, or you agree with that, that doesn't matter. It's still showing, you know, how a career can really affect your fatherhood, no matter what walk of life you live in. And I think that was shown great in Alex's conversation with us. And I'm so happy he was able to join us. And I'm just happy that our community is growing and that you're here. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want to connect with us even more, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or you can leave us a message or voicemail on our website, adspodcast.com. Go to our contact section there. You can leave us a voicemail or email. We'd love to hear from you. Dad jokes, if you want to be on the show, advice, whatever it is you have, we're here to listen. And we'd love for you to join in our conversation. Because a dad's work is never done.